Welcome to the podcast today. You know, God has a plan for our life again today. We are in the 22nd day, and so we're at Proverbs chapter 22. Oh, what a powerful proverb day we're going to be sharing. And again, I'm not looking through these, you know, uh, getting all ready and getting all studied. We are going through these just like I've gone through them day after day for year after year, decade after decade, just to glean the wisdom from, from the Word of God, just to glean the wisdom from the will of God so that I could apply it to my life and always be ready to give an account or to give an answer for someone that asked me something. You know, without fail, when people come up to me for counseling or come up to me and share something, uh, uh, you know, uh, whether or not they want to hear it or not or came up to hear it or not, I cannot help but hear it in my own mind, in my own heart, because the Bible says that God brings all things to remembrance whatsoever he's told you. And so when other people begin to talk, often the Spirit of God begins to confirm and affirm or else to deny the things that they say uh, uh, and shine different lights, shine wisdom on the things they're going through. I, I, I absolutely love that particular advantage we have when we know the Word of God. And when someone comes up and says, well, you know, I think just God is against me. God m- must not love me. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking that somehow, you know, uh, God's out to get me. <laughs> no, 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 wait. <laughs> you know, there's something that rises up in my spirit every time. Uh, someone tells me that, that that God is trying to hurt them, that God is trying to get them, to know that the reality is, is that is that God Almighty loves us and has a plan for our lives. It's just not the truth. The whole weight of the wisdom of God's word tells us that let no man say when he is tempted, he's tempted of the Lord. For God cannot tempt men with evil, neither is God tempted with evil. That God is a good God, that his will toward man is good, that he will never leave us and never forsake us, that God Almighty is doing everything he can to draw us unto himself. He is a forgiving God and a loving God. He says, come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and I am lowly at heart. He says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to Christ Jesus, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. That means that that God is not mad at us, not mad at mankind anymore. God used to be mad, but he took all of his anger and he nailed it to a tree. He nailed it to the cross of Calvary. And, you know, God's not out uh, trying to get you. You know, uh, one, one, one man came to me one time and said, well, uh, I, w- I was just, uh, uh, you know, uh, diagnosed with cancer. He, uh, and and I'm, I'm, I guess God gave this to me to humble me. I said, well, what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to the doctor. I've got, a, I've got a, 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 an appointment with an oncologist. We're going to start uh, chemotherapy. I said, wait, 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 wait. Don't do that. Don't do that. He said, what do you mean? I said, oh, don't go to the doctor and try to get better. I said, why would you try to get better? He said, what do you mean? I said, well, if you believe God gave that to you, what are you doing trying to get out of the will of God to get rid of it? If God gave it to you, hey, just say thank you. He said, well, no, no, God expects me to, 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 to try to help. I said, wait, God's out here trying to kill you and hurt you, and he's expecting you to try to keep him from doing what his will is. He looked at me, and I said, yeah, it just doesn't com- compute in my world. You know, if you believe God has, has given you something, trying to teach you something, then you just stop trying to get rid of it.
okay? And, uh, and if God gave it to you trying to teach you something, well, then hopefully you'll learn it and, he'll, and then, and then it'll, it'll run its course and take it away from you. But the fact of the matter is, God is not making you sick. God is not trying to destroy something in your life, hoping you'll learn something from it. God is not, uh, you know, God does correct his children, but he doesn't correct them by breaking their leg or giving them cancer. He corrects them with his word. Okay? He'll give you his word. He will, he will just absolutely convict you by the Holy Spirit to live the word. That's why we need to know the word of God. You see, the Word of God speaks to us in every situation, every circumstance. When you get full of the Word of God, you will have such a reservoir of principles and such a reservoir of power and, and access to faith so that when something happens in your life or someone around you, you will know the truth. That's what he said. John 8, you will know the truth. If you continue in my Word... Then you will come to the place, having disciplined your life to follow me, that you will know the truth, and that's when the truth will set you free. The truth keeps you from getting all bound up and all crossways and all wrong when you know the truth. And the way you do that is you continue in the Word. So let's continue in the Word today, all right? Uh, and and you know, that may be for somebody in your world just to realize God didn't make you sick. God didn't give you cancer. God didn't uh, cause that car wreck. God didn't burn your house down. That's not God doing that, okay? At worst case, it's the devil, and at best case, it is life unfolding in this world that has, has decided they're going to walk against the will of God and not submit. This world system and this world is not getting better. The world is waxing worse and worse. We are in it, but we are not of it. But although we are in it, yet the Word of God tells us that in every tribulation, in every affliction, in every trouble, in every trial, God works for us, not against us. He works with us so that we might have victory and we might triumph in Christ Jesus so that we might be overcomers in every situation, whether they're death or life or angels or principalities or powers or things present, things past, things to come or any other creature. We are more than conquerors. Okay, God loves us and has a plan for our life. And if something bad or difficult is going on in your life, you take it to Jesus. You take it to Jesus. You see, Jesus died on the cross not only to save us from an eternity in hell, but also to save us from the temporary hells of this life. And he'll do it. He'll do it. Trust him. Have faith in him. Reach out. Uh, believe the word. Okay. Well, uh, in order to believe the word, you got to know the word. So let's let's read the word together. Proverbs twenty-two, the King James version. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches, and loving favor rather than silver and gold. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. He that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is the servant of the lender. He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fail." 
He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Cast out the scorner, and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. He that loveth pureness of heart, for the grace of his lips the king shall be his friend. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, and he overthroweth the words of the transgressor. The slothful man saith, There is a line without. I will be slain in the streets. The mouth of a strange woman is as a deep pit. He that is abhorred of the Lord shall fall therein. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches... And he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee. They shall with all be fitted in thy lips. That thy trust may be in the Lord, I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. Have not I written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge, that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee? Rob not the poor, because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoil them. Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. Be not thou one of them that strike hands, or of them that are sureties for debts. If thou hast nothing to pay, why should he take away thy bed from under thee? Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Oh, again, these proverbs are so filled with wisdom, wisdom which we uh, quickly understand, wisdom which we, is, is, is just ready for us to embrace, and some wisdom that we need to dig out. You know, the Bible said it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of kings to search it out. That means that sometimes we, uh, we, we hear wisdom and we know it is wisdom and we hear the word of God. We know it is the word of God, but we aren't certain exactly how it applies or, or what it means in our certain situation. And it's to our benefit if we would seek it out and search it out and, and search for it as for hidden treasure, the Bible says. Well, today we're going to zero in on one verse, one concept, one truth, and we're going to be zeroing in on the sixth verse of Proverbs chapter 22. Are you ready? Uh, it simply says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train up a child in the way he should go. Now, notice this does not say train up a child in the way you want them to go. It does not say train up a child in the way they want to go. It does not even say train up a child, uh, you know, uh, teaching them, uh, you know, uh, etiquette or, or, you know, honesty or, you know, and, and it says train up a child in the way they should go. There is a way that children should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. 
I have found in life that that when we train up our children, when children are trained up and raised up, the influence that we have over them when they are children uh, is is tremendous influence. Uh, I I right now don't call to remembrance who it was. It may have been Karl Marx or Lenin or someone on that line uh, that said that uh, you know give me your child until they are five years old. I'll give them back to you, but they will always be mine. When we influence this young mind, we can put things in this young mind that they will never forget. And it's very important to realize that we are not raising children. Listen to me, parents, grandparents. Listen to me, uh, uh, those disciple makers. Listen to me, uh, spiritual mothers and fathers. Listen, uh, society, culture, school teachers. Listen, listen, anyone who has influence over a young, pliable mind. Listen now, we are not raising children. We are raising adults. We are raising the future leaders, the future moms and dads, the future congressmen, congresswomen. We are raising the future policemen and and firewomen. We are we are we are actually raising up uh, our future military leaders. We are not raising children. We are raising adults. We have just been given a great an awesome responsibility and a tremendous privilege to have them within our care in a time in their life when they are very susceptible, very vulnerable to our ideologies, to our instruction, to our teaching, very dependent upon us to show them the way. And this is the truth. If you train a child up in the way that he should go, when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, even though they may stray here and there between that young person and that old person, yet the Bible says they will find their way. They will end up not departing from that way. You know, I have an experience in my life where I, as a young man, went to a church. I attended a church while I was a young man, and and one of the uh, one of the leaders of that particular church, uh, a good man, a wonderful man. You know, a man that loved God and and was on fire. You know, he was a uh, you know a, a, a Pentecostal holiness on fire man of God that loved his family and loved the word of God. He fasted, he prayed, he was always in church. You know, he he helped to lead the worship. He helped to bring the word. You know, he helped in every way in a very small little church. And he had five sons, and uh, I was friends with with his with, with, with his family and friends with his son and uh, sons. And uh, uh, you know, uh, every time the church doors were open, they were there. Every time, every time, every time they were there. I'm talking about every time, and they had church all the time. In fact, so much so that that the that the the boys were uh, exempt from being able to play uh, sports or to or to do many other other things in life. And, uh, and so, uh, years later, years upon years later, you know, after I had, uh, gotten out of uh, school and, and, uh, lost uh, some contact with these boys and, and, uh, um, then went to the military, spent six years in the military and then got out of the military and, and, uh, uh you know, started working in, in, uh, in, in, uh, construction business and, and, uh, you know, even after that, even after years after that, I became a pastor. One day, as, as I was going through my Proverbs, you know, during some month, you know, 30 years ago or so, I ran across this particular Proverbs. It must have been the 22nd day of, of some month 
in the year. And this was my particular scripture. And train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he gets old, he will not depart from it. And so um, I, I, I began to meditate on that verse. And while I was meditating on it, I began to ask the Lord questions because I wanted to know about it more. I wanted to understand it more. And so uh, this is one of the questions that I asked the Lord, you know, and, and again, it's been, it's, it's been decades ago. I said to the Lord, Lord, would you, uh, would you show me, Lord, how this applies? Because specifically, I, I, I had this experience where, where this family and, and, and specifically these five boys, friends of mine, um, you know, friends I grew up with, friends I knew, you know, uh, uh, these five boys, uh, they were raised going to church. They were raised, you know, being made to be there every every service. I mean, they were raised uh, being made to help and being made. And, and now, Lord, not one of them, not one of those boys, and not even one of their children is in church today. Lord, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they're not depart from it. Lord, tell me, Lord. They were trained up. You know, that they were made to go to church. And then the Lord spoke to me. He said, exactly. They were made to go to church. They never were taught the value of church or why we go to church. They never saw the love, the joy, the peace, the responsibility. They only saw the obligation. And the Lord said to me, they were made to go to church and now there's just not anyone big enough to make them. Wow, that changed my perspective. As I began to raise my children, knowing that my children... They were, they were going to be pastor's kids. They were going to find themselves in church more than any other kid. They were going to have to find themselves, you know, uh, going to church and when, when other people were going to the lake. How in the world was I going to be able to train them up in, 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 in something I wanted them to continue in? Well, I realized that I had to do more than just make them go to church. I had to be able to teach them and show them and, and enjoin them and involve them and, and create in them a love and a passion and a realization of, of not just this is what we have to do, you know, and, but rather this is what we get to do. This is our, our, our service to God, to the community, to the kingdom, to eternity. And so every time it would come up in our growing up and raising our children about some difficult moment that we needed to press through and attend church anyway, uh, you know, and, and, and I, we didn't make it a law to go to church. But we made it a reasonable, joy-filled responsibility that really does pay off. And uh, uh, we would discuss these things. And with the heart that God gave me to raise my children in the way they should go, I'm here to tell you now that both of my children have passed their midlife uh, point. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they're in there uh, over the hump, you know, and... Uh, they have children. I got nine grandchildren. You know, they have their children, and our children and our children's children choose to go to church. They choose church rather than being made to go to church. Well, that's just one issue. There are so many other issues. Let me encourage you. Train up your child in the way they should go and make sure that you're not just making them do things. 
Teach them why they make the bed. Teach them why we do the dishes. Teach them why we go to school. Cause them to fall in love with being friends, giving to the church, helping others, paying their bills. Teach them the reasons why. Train them up in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Well, that's our word for today. Let's pray and ask God's grace on our life to be able to do that. Father, Lord, make us a reflection of your love, Lord, and your direction, your wisdom, God. Lord, teach us how, Father, to interact with those that are impressionable in our lives, Lord, whether they are our biological children, Lord, or our grandchildren, Lord, or those that we've adopted, Lord, those that have married into our families, Lord, our spiritual children, God, those, Father, that, that we have opportunity to influence on the jobs, Lord, those young minds that are impressionable, Lord, that are coming along behind us, that we may be able, Lord, not just to model what they should do, but also, Lord, to teach them why to do it, Lord. And God, that we might multiply ourselves, Father, realizing, Lord, it brings security in life, Lord, later in life, to be found doing what we should be doing that we were taught to do uh, when we were young, Lord. Bless us, God. Lord, give us every grace and favor, Lord, to do this as we meditate upon this today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's meditate on this today, okay? And also, there's another verse in there that says the rod of correction, you know, uh, listen, that rod was not just used to poke and prod. It was also used to measure. Make sure that you provide the correct measure for the, the, for the circumstance you're wanting to correct and for the individual. Not everyone uh, will respond the same to the same measure. God bless you. That's for another time, okay? Let's meditate on this one today. Train up a child in the way that they should go. God bless you. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for Proverbs 23.